0: Hello and welcome to Two Bald Men and Friends, the show where we talk about issues and ideas using pop culture as the springboard. I'm your host, Joe, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. Hi. And Dan. Hi. And today we are joined by a special guest, Steph. Hi, that's me. Today we are talking about A Quiet Place and the idea of horror versus thrillers and what makes movie monsters scary. So spoiler alert for A Quiet Place. Sit back, relax, or if you're driving... Please sit upright and continue to drive vigilantly. So, everybody, what did we all think of a quiet place?
1: I was very attracted to the main character. Yeah, that was one of the main reasons I went, and uh, he stayed attractive throughout. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed the movie as a whole.
2: I would have preferred to see him in an office type setting, <laughs> perhaps in a as a salesman of paper.
0: Dan, that is such an outlandish idea. Yeah, you're he's <laughs> clearly an action star. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Jokes aside, I, I was thrilled to see John Krasinski's little passion project of sorts uh, have some some real, actual, meaty, organic material behind it. And I was thrilled as a result. Yeah, it's definitely scary for
1: me. Or scary is the wrong word, but I'm apprehensive when an actor tries to step into the director's role. It makes me think of like some sort of athlete saying, Yeah, I could be a coach. And then sucking at it because yeah. it's not at all the same thing. <laughs> um, but I was very satisfied with the direction of the movie, the story of the movie,
0: and its editing was phenomenal too. Yeah, I didn't know he wrote and directed it as well. I thought he was just like the star. So when the credits rolled, I was very surprised and was like, Wow, John Krasinski can do anything.
3: He really can.
0: Even be an athlete. <laughs> yeah.
3: Probably a coach too.
0: Yeah. And who knows? Maybe a salesman of what was it, Dan? You uh, I, I can't even. Remember. It was yeah. so outlandish at this Something point. Yeah. Something <laughs> not see it there. Um, Alex, you mentioned the editing, and I have to agree, um, especially with the sound editing. Of course, if it doesn't get at least nominated for some kind of award in, in that, that field, department, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be very, very surprised.
3: Um, so, as someone who generally dislikes horror and thriller. Um, I was pleased. I, I liked the movie, and I did not expect to purely on the basis that I don't like horror and thriller movies. It's um, a I good did basis it. to
1: think that
2: you won't like something.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I thought so.
2: One of the things I always look for in sort of reviewers, individual reviewers, I seek out if that reviewer doesn't like a particular genre like rom-coms, and this reviewer says, hey, go watch this rom-com, I enjoyed it. Probably a sign that there's something about this film that does something contrary and different that might pique your interest. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I was definitely told to see it, and I started off with, well, oh, I don't really like horror. And they were like, no, you should still watch this. And I'm like, oh, now I have to go watch this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was definitely marketed as more of like a typical monster horror movie. But then like when you watch it, it's really about more of, like, the human struggle in this new world that is created. At least, like, that's how I would kind of describe it.
2: It Yeah, there was a lot more intimacy since the main focus was on this family and their survival and not such, these are a group of strangers who have Mm -hmm. to work together in these hard times. He's like, no, it's just this, it's a real, it keens and focuses in on this this one family aspect and it nails that perfectly, I think. Yeah, and the
1: intimacy amplifies when they can't talk uh (laughs) and so the interactions that they have are a lot more personal um because it's whispered to each other it's signed to each other and it's just acted to each other um which brings up my point of how great the actors were because obviously they couldn't rely on dialogue to be good and so i was very
0: impressed by that because of the limitations that they put on themselves Mm -hmm. um i was very interested in finding out like what the world was because in all the previews i was like why would this family stay here if you know there's these monsters and they can't make sounds i didn't even occur to me that it was like that was their only option so figuring that out was very interesting or since sense
2: that that's the case across the world mm-hmm. and they're given no like sign or hope that it might be better elsewhere
1: yeah it's not like they live in tornado valley and they're struggling with tornado issues. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, just move. What are you doing? You should
2: move. <laughs> and push.
1: Yeah, and I so thought up. it was
3: an interesting point, too, because they address that there are other people with the, mm-hmm. the, the fires there. And someone I was talking to was like, well, why don't they, like, get together, meet up? You know, work together in some sort of fashion. And then, you know, well, more people is more noise. I mean, right. Then, right. So. And
2: they clearly have their own system that they created for themselves with the family to communicate with, like introducing a new element into that that's more mm-hmm. of a danger than it poses a help. Right. And something as basic as
1: they weren't trying to kill the monsters. Like at the point that they were living in, it wasn't like, let's get back at them or let's find a way to overcome this. They just accepted that this was their life now, and so they're going to stay quiet forever. So teaming up with people would have been a completely different movie, which was actually like the third act or like the final 10 minutes of the movie, which was definitely worthwhile and a great ending. I don't think I would have enjoyed the movie as much if it was a let's try to kill these monsters throughout the
2: entire movie. Yeah, if that was for... Like a turning point halfway, and then now suddenly we have the tools to fight back John Krasinski is yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 yeah I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much
1: <laughs> um I appreciated the uh opportunity for diversity and representation in Hollywood that they included a a genuine deaf um actress and how important it was for her to feel comfortable in that atmosphere that everyone involved in the movie was like learning sign language and finding ways to communicate with her and making sure that she was okay rather than them expecting her to, well, I hope you can read lips because...
3: I read, I don't remember if it was about A Quiet Place or a different movie with a deaf actress, but they had mentioned disappointment in having a deaf person you know represented but then not having subtitles on the words that were spoken so if a deaf person were to come they would miss that part those parts of the movie um which i thought was
1: an interesting point yeah one of those things that we think we're progressive but Mm -hmm. we're actually pretty ignorant if we can't oblige that simple thing Yeah.
2: yeah or even i've seen other across twitter it's like okay so now that we've seen that uh a Quiet Place is a successful film with uh, um it relying on subtitles. Does that mean we can incorporate some more foreign film into our cinema now?
0: The answer is no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, apparently. I uh I hadn't actually thought about that. Um and that is a good point. And I think we are in like a weird time where a lot of the movies that we've just grown up being like, Yeah, that movie won't get made, is now being made. So there's a movie with a quiet place that's in primarily sign language there's black panther which is pretty much an all-black cast um there was another one that i'm blanking on love simon love simon um <laughs> with a, which is a teenage drama with a, a gay relationship so it's weird seeing all these um kind of progressive movies being made but like you said you know we still kind of have a long way to go
3: and then, like, eventually there'll be movies where these progressive ideas are incorporated, but it's not necessarily about the progressive idea. Right. So it's, you know, it includes deaf people and diversity, but it's not about the diversity. It's, it's not about the It's not the a deafness. token
1: deaf person, a token black person, a token uh, gay person.
0: Okay. Yeah. And that, I felt that in this movie, because it wasn't about the daughter's struggle of being deaf, even though that was a part of it, yeah, it yeah. was you know, about them struggling as a family. Her deafness was a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: and even an asset to them.
0: Yeah, it, because I, I realized, like, walking out of the movie, I was like, oh, they knew sign language because they've grown up with their deaf yeah. daughter. More they not just reasons, have to learn it. Yeah,
2: they've made it this far and survived up until now because they've already had to incorporate this into their lives. So, yeah. nice added detail.
1: <laughs> um, one thing I liked about the movie was how quickly it started so much of what the trailer was, was in the first 10 to 15 minutes where at that point, like the only thing I was looking for after that was that uh, birthing scene. But other than that, everything was up in the air as to what could happen. And I really appreciated just how quickly everything started up with the uh, death of the youngest. um, And then the deaf daughter thinking like it was all her fault. And then that tension between her and the father and moving forward 400 days later was the...
0: Yeah, it was like four and change. It was, yeah. it was like a, a year, year and, and a half. Yeah. yeah. More than a year had passed. And so they skipped somewhat
1: some of the grieving as well as skipping to the part where they aren't as nomadic as they were at the beginning. And it allowed more for the character developments
2: rather than the plot itself. Definitely a strong choice. And again, just the choices in this, this film made to skip those uh, elements that movies have already hashed out and rehashed so we're not treading uh, territory we've already covered before.
0: Yeah, I, um, like you said, Alex, the trailer's mostly like the first ten minutes. I wasn't expecting to see the monster so soon, but even still it was just kind of like a blur and like an idea, and now we know, oh, there's a monster, which I think most monster movies tend to wait until like, Halfway through, if they're going to reveal the monster, it's like, here's the thing we've been building up for so long. Mm -hmm. But A Quiet Place was like, no, this is the danger in the movie (laughs) right away. It's established. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to the aspect that it
1: is a scary movie, they do a really good job with it not being jump scares. Although there are a few jump scares, it's mostly about the tension building and as soon as you hear a noise, it's a matter of like, is it here? Is it coming? Mm-hmm. What's gonna happen? You're immersed into the movie and into the situation that the characters are in because as soon as they make a noise, they're like, huh, "Is it here?" Mm-hmm. And that's literally what I was thinking, like, huh, "Is it, it, it here?" And it serves to elevate
2: even the tension there in the theater, and then you're even holding your breath, or at least are conscious of the uh, the silence. In the- yeah, and I
1: always like when the audience is on the same page as me. Like if everyone around me, there's a scene where the uh, deaf daughter. Um, It looks like she's running away from home, which that's not what she was doing, but that's what it looked like. And like four or five people in the audience, including myself, just like raised her hand in like a, what?
0: Like, why is this the solution? And it was like, oh, okay, we're on the same page here. Yeah, there was this scene. um, So at one point, Emily Blunt, like there's a nail in the floor and she steps on it. And then later in the movie, she warns the kids about it and it looks like the deaf daughter is still going to step on it, and the entire theater went, "Oh,
2: Hey, oh man, they just love drawing attention to that nail. And... I
3: did not see the part where she warns other people about the nail, and I went the rest of the movie thinking the nail went totally unaddressed. It was yeah. only a problem until it was a problem. And it went
0: away. Yeah, I... Because she, like, gets down the stairs, and everyone's like, tell them about the nail! But then, like, she does a quick little, like, there's a nail here, and then it's like... But yeah. And I feel like there's an easier way
1: to solve that problem, like... Pushing the nail back, yeah, <laughs> or something
0: like that. Putting a sticky note, like, hey, <laughs> <you> know, nail. <laughs> well, I thought that I was like just kind of bang it out. I was like, they can't use a hammer to fix that. Like, yeah, they, they'll they'll have to just with their strength. Just yeah, pull. but
1: like a laundry bag was able to pull
0: it up. Yeah, so I'm sure they
2: had that, a <laughs> back that down. is a good point. And Emily Blunt didn't seem as like, oh, my laundry bag is caught in a snag. I'll just keep on pulling. I'm surely this won't create a loud noise. If yeah. something goes
3: wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah. What well, part of her mentality was like? I'm Pull not hard. in a scary movie right now.
3: Yeah. <laughs> She's pretty aware. <laughs> Even just in my everyday life, I think this could be yeah. a scary. So, movie, so I better be careful.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely one of those instances where um, it annoys you more of like an audience member than what exactly they're going for in the narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And going back to what you were saying, Steph, of, like, turning
1: off the lights in the basement and then sprinting up, I know I'm not in a scary movie, but (laughs) just in case, I'm in a universe where I know scary movies exist, so I'm going to make sure I'm not in those predicaments. Now who's the one who's prepared?
3: (laughs) Who's laughing now?
2: (laughs) I know one other slight annoyance that we've brought up as a dinner conversation, like, once or twice now, just sort of surprised of the um the lack of sort of maybe like booby trapping throughout the house or like set up to if the uh, the monster does show up, it's like, oh, why isn't there sort of like a mechanism? I can pull a little string and then a uh um something falls off the shelf and a room over to lure the monster away.
1: Yeah. Like if they have the time to uh like put sand everywhere to wherever they're walking to, they probably also have the time to design some sort of what are those called where you do one thing and it goes R- Rube Goldberg, Goldberg machine. Right. Yeah. If they have some sort of Rube Goldberg machine, like to help them. I completely agree. To
3: lure them away, they did have the rockets, right? Wasn't that kind of like the last resort? Yeah, last resort kind the fireworks. of fireworks. Mm-hmm. Which I have to right. say,
0: that was my favorite scene. Oh yeah. When Emily Blunt's like about to scream, and then John Krasinski's like sprinting through the field with the fireworks going off. That was a really great transition. But I agree. There, I now that you guys are mentioning it, I'm surprised there wasn't a plan of like okay, let's build, like, a trap, like a big pit, and then just put a, like, a loud noise there, and then they'll all run into the pit or something. But maybe they were afraid, like, they'll get overwhelmed or it'll go bad, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or even... While they're designing the movie, it goes off go off yeah. I could totally get that.
1: But the... John Krasinski was clearly some sort of a tech-savvy person designing mm-hmm. those um, ear... Yeah,
0: engineer-savvy enough aids. to... I don't um, think
1: they were hearing aids. I think I read an article like, Those
2: aren't hearing aids, you idiot. They're blanks.
0: Was it like a cochlear thing? Because you get, like, put it on her head. Or just the... I don't know enough about this. I should. this He is was surrounded by, like, radio
2: <laughs> radio equipment, so in some way it would amplify sound waves. and mm-hmm. so Maybe it wasn't the exact engineering that went behind the hearing aid. <laughs>
1: But yeah, I definitely expected more of those. Like, Emily Blunt happens to find a timer that she can put and put somewhere else. They really should have planned that ahead. Way ahead. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it, like, it felt like she had to reach deep into a little cardboard rummage box, and that wasn't, like, readily available.
1: But I do get the idea of, like, what if it accidentally goes off? So mm-hmm. maybe that's
2: their justification.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Cr- right. But causing a problem as opposed to solving one. See. Mm-hmm.
2: Especially with the daughter her not being caught cautious of mm-hmm. her needing to be taught what creates sound and sort of linking back I'm not sure if she was conscious that the the little um, spaceship toy that she gave to the to the youngest would have um, caused an issue.
3: Yeah. I was confused as to why she wasn't allowed in the basement there was that one scene where John Krasinski's like, you know why you can't go down there. Mm
2: -hmm. In my mind,
1: it was the same reason that she couldn't go uh, hunting with them. It was just this idea of if she's deaf, she doesn't know what creates noise. And so she doesn't know what to be careful about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, the basement is so important for the communication and getting out of wherever they are. If she they...
2: had bumped into a piece of equipment that created a very high-pitched like white noise of like radio signals and her not have been aware
3: Surprise! of it. Surprise! <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was my guess. But other than that,
1: it was probably just for the narrative of is there tension between daughter and father? Yeah, it, it was one, really of those, one of those one of
2: those instances where you as the audience member sort of question it, and the movie itself doesn't address. But I would say a lot of those sort of gripes are at least minimal or not too prevalent where I definitely see horror films where obviously your question is like why the heck are they doing A, B, or C? <laughs> yeah. That, that was kept to a minimum. Why interest. did they split up?
1: Like, ah! Uh. <laughs> <Well.
3: laughs> like the commercial where they're like let's hide behind the chainsaws and not <laughs> hop in the running car. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have to say when they split up it was like justified pretty well because Emily Blunt and the daughter were already apart and then John Krasinski and the son were together And John Krasinski said, okay, I'm going to do this. You have to go do this. Like, there's no other choice but to split up. And he's like, I'm
1: not ready. And he's like, you have to be. Yeah. (laughs) I thought that was
0: good. That was a strong moment.
1: Um, If we're going to just add on to the potential complaints or, like, plot holes, I was really not put off, but eventually I started thinking about this after the movie. Like, where was the government in all of this? Because I always think of how adaptable the government is in superhero movies and how they always eventually have something to potentially defeat the superhero in case he becomes a villain. I'm thinking of the Hulk and those like sound beings yeah, that yeah, they canons. have. Um, and so I totally I don't understand why the government wasn't involved in some sort of major solution of how to kill these sound sensing beings. Well, what if see. they
3: were? There was a ton of these beings they wiped out a lot of them, but it came down to numbers. There was mm-hmm. not... They didn't get all of them. Eventually, the beasts overpowered the people, killed them all, and this is where yeah. we are.
2: Clearly, they're strong enough to, like, tear through a the steel of a grain silo, mm-hmm. but yeah, I get that. I was like, why is there not some, like, Area 51, like, mm-hmm. 50 steel plates that the monsters would have no hope of tearing through where they can make as much noise as they want engineering. But I definitely like the idea of it more in my head. It's like, well, how are these scientists going to like communicate and delegate with each other when they have to create these machines in total silence?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Based on the, there's like newspapers that John Krasinski has in the basement and it seems like the army was involved. And so I think it's like a kind of a combination of what both Dan and Steph said, where it's like they were fighting to it, but now you know, it's kind of a numbers thing. There are a few stragglers that they couldn't get to. And if they wanted to do outreach to these people in these remote mountain areas, they can't drive. They can't use, like, a helicopter. So it's going to be hard to reach them.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: In my mind, I guess I always think that the government
1: is way more powerful. Like, when I, whenever I hear people against gun control and they're like the reason i have these guns is in case the government tries to overthrow it in my mind i'm like oh if the government tried to overthrow us we're done yeah (laughs) you're too late yeah so in my mind they could also defeat aliens which i guess might be uh, too far reaching
3: just going back to what you said about helicopters for a sec um i'm thinking of these things and they can't fly right so why wouldn't helicopters have worked if they're both drawn to the helicopter from the sound, and they can't reach it, they all just kind of shoot them all from the sky.
1: <laughs> um, my <laughs> guess would be the time it takes to start one up makes oh, okay. a lot of okay. noise. noise, or if you're up in the air, you run out of gas eventually. Wow, ah, yes. That, that'd be my guess. <laughs> come to the sequel
2: where we see the Sky Society.
0: <laughs> yes. Was this a prequel to the Jetsons? Oh my god. <laughs>
1: That's why they're in this... <laughs>
0: so while we're on the monsters um kind of my one critique like immediately in the movie is when we finally see it i thought it was really cool how like it had that giant ear thing that opened but then once it starts getting hurt and its whole face is like made up of plates i was like that's an interesting kind of weird design i don't know if i like that but that's very nitpicky yeah, I'd say, like, visually it looked cool, but if the whole premise is, like, this idea of
1: Darwinism, this is what they evolved into, then it's kind of like, wait, why did it
0: evolve into that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why does it have those plates coming out? But uh, what, did, what did you guys think of the monster? Were you, like, frightened by it? Were you frightened by its look? Or more, like, the idea of what it could do? Definitely I was more frightened
2: at its... Uh... Its prowess, and whenever we saw something something new that we didn't know before, like the whole uh, the scene post birth where uh, Emily Blunt sort of wakes up and realizes that their their sort of bunker is starting to flood in with mm-hmm. the water, and we see the creature start to dive underwater. Suddenly, my head starts racing like, "Shoot! Does this this thing can swim? Is is sound uh, blanketed or amplified through the water and the waves and vibrations?" It's it's always the idea of what new uh, ability it has that scared me more than the uh, actually seeing it or execution.
3: Yeah, when it was in the water, I started to get worried about, well, now if she moves, he'll feel the you know ripples in the, the yeah, water. Yeah, exa- exactly. She'll sense where she is that way, but that didn't seem to be an issue. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I also had that fear, and I was able to justify it in that... Um, the idea of like, if it has to open up a little bit to be able to like hear stronger, then maybe it has to close tightly to go underwater because mm-hmm. then, but then it leaves the question of well, then how does it get around? Because it seems to be that the only sense it has is, um, sound. Yeah. So, I
3: don't know.
0: <laughs> but yeah, once it dove under, I was like, oh God.
3: It's
2: yeah. A, <laughs> it's over it's now. There's a shark in the water. In the sense of like, did they have to... I think we managed to have to hunt to sustain itself, or was it purely killing for sport? Mm-hmm. Or, just or like was it instinct? Evolution? Yeah, instinctual yeah. sort of thing. All great questions.
1: Yeah. I understand why they weren't addressed. It wasn't necessarily meaningful for the theme of the movie, but these are the questions that I'm going to be thinking Asking about as I, as I go
0: out of the movie and go, like, it's those where un- was the government? Yeah, it's here. those unknown elements that create the fear behind it, at least for me. So... How would you guys rank this in compared to, like, another, like, horror movie monster? I wasn't, like, scared like I am of, like, normal horror movies in this movie, but I think it's because it didn't rely on jump scares, and so the monster's design itself didn't really frighten me, but like Dan said, I was more scared of, like, its prowess, and just, like, when one showed up, I was like, there's no way around it. Like, if they get found, they're they're getting killed like they can't it, they've shown that they can't fight these things so i th- i think it's pretty like high on the list of like movie monsters in terms of danger
3: it's also just the fact being a human you kind of know eventually you're gonna make a noise just yeah. the thought of having to not make a noise for the rest of your life <laughs> it, the tension yeah, it's just really, like, incomprehensible. Yeah,
1: something as simple as when you sleep, you don't have control over mm-hmm. what you do. Yeah. You can roll over, you can snore, you can blah, blah, blah. There are no more snoring people in the I, universe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, 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 <laughs> All the snorers were weeded out. Wow. Yeah, and
3: I know a lot of people who would be dead <laughs> <laughs> pretty the first night.
0: Speaking of that, like, just being in this theater, like, watching this movie, which is primarily silent... I never realized how much noise I make sitting in a movie theater, (laughs) (laughs) like rustling through the popcorn bag, chewing the popcorn, like, uh, (laughs) drinking your drink. (laughs) Just, wow. (laughs) I'm very rude, apparently. You're loud. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: But going back to your original question, if it was sort of how I felt about the monster itself, design-wise, at least felt it's a bit weaker compared to maybe some more iconic Like, uh, Monster Movie, what just comes immediately to mind are the iconic ones, the design of the Xenomorph Mm -hmm. from the Alien franchise, or even just Freddy. Um, Those stand in my mind far and above as just these entities that have, like, entrenched themselves as our horror icons. Uh, This by no means created another horror icon, but I don't think that's what it was going for.
3: So I don't watch a lot of horror, so I don't... N- uh, very purposefully avoid, <laughs> yeah. like, knowing what these monsters are, but I'm very prone to, like, having nightmares or, like, mm. thinking about these monsters when I'm alone in my bed in the dark, <laughs> and, um, I would say, I, like, these monsters just, you know, they didn't keep me up at night after the fact, whereas, like, some the, the hand guy from Pan's Labyrinth <laughs> definitely <Yeah>. did. <laughs> um... <laughs>
1: That's not even a horror... <laughs> horror elements. Is it's a creepy so scary. It is a creepy no, you're right. Um, in the context of how dangerous the monster was, well, as a human, it um, would definitely kill me. Uh, yeah. Most monsters would kill me, and I'm, I'm not going to be one of the survivors... Uh, in The Big Sick, he makes the joke of, like, I wouldn't be in a scary movie, or if I was, I'd be one of the first people killed so that the main characters could discover that there is a problem. And I very much related to that. uh, I would be in the first wave of, wait, something's happening? (laughs) So in the danger sense... Yeah, I would feel like this is a dangerous monster, specifically fighting against regular humans versus like um, soldiers or mm-hmm. um, technologically savvy people that can build, I don't know, like Jaegers and could uh, defeat people, monsters. But as a scary monster, I don't think I was too scared mm-hmm. in that sense of, it's gonna keep me up at night or something like that
3: at least aesthetically is
1: what I yeah. was talking about yeah oh
0: mm-hmm. well, I was talking
1: about aesthetically but also just the if idea it existed if it existed okay
0: uh-huh. that makes sense but yeah I definitely thought you were talking about aesthetically oh okay when you said that no I'm attracted to this monster okay yeah <laughs> 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 if this monster was on earth we'd fuck no dash, kill me dash <laughs> Alex not me Alex t'was beauty that killed the beast <laughs> Um Dan, you brought up the Xenomorphs and I think yeah. uh the movie is those people um overcoming specifically this alien, whereas a quiet place is more of the people overcoming like the, the situation. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um I definitely felt this movie's strong shoot was uh was its situation and like you said the intimacy of what it created. Um Whether or not that's stronger than actual survival, like fighting for your life, there's a monster aboard this uh, alien craft, and we're literally like fighting for survival. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I find those situations a lot more tense and scary for me, at least. For me, it's more intriguing, but not
1: necessarily scarier. And I think this is one of the first movies where I actually was able to differentiate between what is horror versus thriller i was able to categorize a quiet place as a thriller but not necessarily a horror because yeah it had scary elements to it but it was more about the tension and the suspense Mm -hmm. that you're talking about yeah
2: it's like whether you're trapped in the situation or is the situation your life
1: right and i think that's what differentiates for me whether or not i can sleep that
0: night or whether I have to watch a few Spongebob episodes to get through. <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked a little bit about like the aesthetics of the monster. And Dan, you mentioned what the monster can do and what like it might possibly be able to do. Mm-hmm. So I think what we're getting at is um, monsters that are seen versus monsters that are unseen. And what is a little bit more scarier to us. Does that make sense, everyone?
3: <laughs> it does, and it makes yeah. sense... Very clearly for me, um, because in my experience, and you you can talk uh, theoretically about okay, well, what's scarier, a seen monster or an unseen monster? In practice, I can like I have been very much more scared of unseen monsters. As soon as the monster is revealed, it takes away. A huge element of, like, fear for me. And, yeah, I mean, I saw Insidious, and I was much, much more scared during that movie. I saw, like, Woman in Black, which I was much more scared during that movie. Um, So I think, yeah, I I personally think unseen monsters are entirely more scary. That doesn't necessarily mean they're better. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't think we're going to argue over which is more fun, because that's just going to debate on how much people enjoy getting scared versus not getting scared and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, I'm going to say that my imagination is much more limited than yours. You're a lot more... I'm going to assume it's because of your artistic side. So I actually am more scared of seen monsters because if it's unseen, I won't imagine it. I And it, I won't be successful in being like, oh, it could be this or this or this. It more it'd just be like, oh, I didn't see it. Oh, well. <laughs> um, for me... Then this, it might
3: not even exist. Yeah, then it doesn't
1: then it's just this guy's <laughs> not <mind>. my problem. <laughs> One thing that does scare me when it's unseen if it, is if it's paranormal and if it's undefeatable. In my mind that always makes it scarier for me. And the types of monsters that are seen or in movies, the types of villains that are seen that I get most scared of is if it's plausible in my life. So when I think of um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre or um, the Jason movies, maybe not like plausible plausible, but when it's a human villain, I get Mm. a lot more creeped out if it's like a serial killer situation or something like that. Does
3: that qualify as a monster? Because that changes it for me. Because when it's a human (laughs) villain, then then serial killers are a huge, huge... I can't... I definitely can't sleep that night <laughs> if it's a human villain.
1: Maybe you're right that it's not a monster, um, but I'm going to categorize
0: it as seen versus unseen scary movie villains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, it's definitely like once you see Jason coming towards you, it's much different than just knowing Jason exists. So I could see why that might be like a little bit scarier or... uh you know some other adjective <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh-huh one of the the biggest examples i always go back to that my friends and i willingly subject ourselves to certain types of horror is the uh the video game Amnesia: The Dark Descent uh there are two specific types of uh monsters you encounter in that game it's sort of set in a an old Victorian mansion in Europe in the 1800s and that you've come back from this excavation in Egypt and you've brought back with you this ancient evil that's now infected the mansion so um the very first type of monster you encounter is the unseen variety that you're literally in this uh this flooded part of the mansion that there's literal splooshes of water behind you and you've gotta evade it and whatnot. not and if it catches up to you that's that's it game over um and then there's the second variety where it's literally the just this um uh, abomination monster of stitched together horror, which at yeah, once you get to deeper into this the mansion, uh you literally see the the shambling corpse of that monster dead in the ground. It's like, oh crap, I'm about to enter a part of the house with something more powerful that killed this monster. And that definitely takes away for it a bit. Uh definitely the part of the games that scared our group is the most is Oh shoot, there's another water section! Oh shoot, there's splashing! Go, go, go! It was, uh, it definitely creates a different type of atmosphere. I can completely understand that idea
1: of the unseen monster, of like, wait, what is it, what is it, what is it? And there are definitely movies where the first two acts are a lot scarier because they haven't revealed the monster, and then in the third act, all of a sudden, oh wait, they were just giant moths? That's not nearly as scary as I had imagined. Um, And so I completely understand in that aspect why unseen could be scarier than seen. But I would still get scared with the scene of something like... Can we say in Nightmare on Elm Street, can we call Freddy Krueger... A monster or is he still like a human I'd say he's a monster I think he's transcended okay from yeah <laughs> okay good <laughs> transcended so, from you. so if we're gonna use him as a monster example so that I can maintain this conversation yeah it's
2: so it's weird in nightmare and Street. it's sort of like a, a mythos or a, a supernatural sort of horror and
1: mm-hmm. yeah and it, and it the idea of not being able to escape by sleeping because that's where the monster is is I think very powerful in the fact that I always have to go to bed after watching a scary movie. <laughs> and so it's very prevalent to my life. Um and everyone has to and sleep. And most people who sleep. <laughs> most yeah. people do. Yeah. And uh when I think of like it and stuff like that, I do get scared of what other people imagine more so than what I imagine. I'll
2: just avoid drain pipes. Easy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was uh interesting because pennywise is sort of even though he has a seen persona he still kind of embodies why the unseen is so scary because your brain knows exactly how to scare you and so does pennywise and pennywise becomes like your worst fear and so even though he's being seen it's still like the worst thing your brain could have come up with I think of that scene in Harry Potter where they open the... Uh, the, 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 river, bogger. Yeah. the bogger.
2: Yeah. And
1: it's uh, Professor Snape. And he's like, oh, <laughs> just, just think of something else. Oh, that's
0: easy enough. Yeah. I'm just gonna not think of what's scary to me. Thanks. <laughs>
2: um,
0: so, one of the movies, Alex, you brought up The Mist. My example of kind of, it's an unseen monster that gets ruined when you see it is the Babadook because it's sort of just this entity that's very mysterious and working in the background and then once you see it it's you know kind of creepy looking but you're like oh that's not that hard and then like they kind of defeat it and i think Steph brought up earlier um something about like once you see it it like takes a lot away because it's like kind of tangible and defeatable so once it has like a f- i think once an entity has like a physical form It's like, okay, well, now I can touch it, which means I can hit it, which means I can potentially hurt it, which means I can potentially win. Whereas an idea is much harder to beat.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. And something we mentioned before in A Quiet Place, it had a great ending point of we defeated one, we can defeat the rest and the movie, rather Mm -hmm.
0: than it becoming a movie about defeating the monster.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I think the problem a lot of monster movies would run into is that end scene would happen at like the halfway point and then the rest of the movie is them figuring out, can we kill all of them? Yeah, it becomes like a
1: heist film of let's get
0: the monster here
2: to extract our plan of this and Mm -hmm. that. Or in the sense that that is the the end conclusion that it ultimately the the movie corners itself into the uh, just defeat of the monster like it has to Uh, You have to conquer it, whether that's you're killing it or whatnot. I can't think of too many solutions where it's um, some sort of alternate solution instead of uh, just murdering the monster with guns. (laughs) (laughs) Let's seduce the monster. (laughs) Or if it's sort of, then it gets onto the boundaries of psychological uh, horror where it's like, oh, is it just you sort of defeating your your inner demons and is this just like a, a heightened personification of your own inner horrors sort of like the uh the silent hill video game franchise where the iconic uh monster in that pyramid head where he's got that big old uh Literally, giant a pyramid, pyramid <laughs> head and a giant meat cleaver. It's essentially just a manifestation of the um, the main characters. Uh, it's either torment over his dead lover. I I don't remember, but is that solved through shooting said giant meat cleaver monster or coming to terms with the the death and the passing of a loved one?
3: Mm, what I had to say kind of goes way back <laughs> in the conversation. <laughs> so, at the final scene of a quiet place emily blunt is ready to murder these the rest of the monsters and um back when we were talking about qualms we had with this movie uh that's one in that emily blunt is doing this the same day she just pushed out a baby <laughs> in a bathtub with a monster following her and like you know has a nail in her foot. It just seems a little bit beyond what uh, is feasible to do after. It doesn't sound
0: birth. like you're a feminist because <laughs> you're <laughs> saying that women are weak. I think that's what you're saying. That was, you're
3: right. That was wrong <laughs> of me to say.
0: That definitely was something I thought about. Of like, man, she's not sore or anything. Like she's walking mm-hmm. around. But I think it's similar to how when the sun says, "I'm not ready." And John Krasinski's like, well, you have to be. Yeah, Emily Blunt's just... kind of like, well, if I don't shoot all these monsters, I'm going to get eaten. Doing <laughs> what
3: she's got to do.
0: Yeah,
1: I definitely am willing to accept, like, oh, part of the narrative, I guess. She just has to be ready. Otherwise, mm-hmm. the rest of the movie is going to be about taking care of her. Mm-hmm. And I recognize yeah. why that wouldn't be great. But I completely agree. Like, suspension yeah. of disbelief, definitely one peg
0: down. Mm-hmm. because of that something tells me she didn't actually give birth it was just like uh, movie magic or something no actually
2: I heard a story about how mothers get incredible strength in desperate situations <laughs> to save their babies this or must vice be versa <laughs> the
1: baby gets incredible strength to save the mother from <laughs> dun, 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 yeah imagine dun, the baby like talking to gun. Dun,
2: dun. <laughs>
1: I did really love that little detail of putting the baby into the soundproof box mm-hmm. and giving it oxygen and just closing it. Cause yeah. definitely everyone going into the theater is like a baby in this universe, <laughs> this economy, <laughs> <At> this <laughs> economy. <laughs> um, and uh, a friend brought up the point of this idea of was the baby an accident? Was the baby planned? Is this mm. a a thing of like are they trying to just live their life and not be limited to the fact that there are monsters, mm. or, like, what was going on there.
3: Yeah, in my head, that baby, sh- hopefully, was an accident. <laughs> you don't hear that too often, <laughs> yet, but I know where
1: you're coming from.
3: Because, otherwise, isn't it just irresponsible? That's putting their other children in danger. And I get that, okay, if this is their life now, why would they, you know, limit themselves or whatever? But, I don't know. You know, perhaps we live in... Uh, an apartment building that doesn't allow pets, we're not going to say, you know what I think I should do? Adopt 12 dogs.
0: Okay. So in in the
3: situation in which it's going to put us in a lot of danger to have another baby, why would you choose to do that?
0: Yeah, I definitely can agree with that. Um, Whether or not it was planned or not, I was confused as to why if it was planned... They definitely should have completed the soundproofing of the that room and then had a baby. <laughs> yeah. So I do think the implication is that it was an accident and they kind of had to, like, play catch-up.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
0: But even in the context of the baby
1: was early, really, in that universe, he should have been done within the first six months. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's like, I'm gonna make sure this is done... Just in case. Can you imagine if it came early? Yeah, let's avoid that situation. That's not going to (laughs) happen. And going back to our main topic of like seen versus unseen monsters and which is scarier, uh, what it really comes down to is your preference. And we're not trying to convince you one way or the other. Always go out and enjoy movies. Uh, We're just having fun here debating back and forth what is scariest to us. But if you have any ideas and you want to comment on our page and just let us know what we think, what you think uh, do so. And let us know
2: what we think as well (laughs) I only form my opinions based on those of (laughs) us
0: Thank you all so much for listening Tune in next week when we talk about Avengers Infinity War and cinematic universes If you liked us, find us on Twitter and Instagram at 2 underscore bald men and find us on Facebook And remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts Thank you all so much again, and if you were driving, we hope you got to your destination safely and on time.